He that hath an ear, let them hear a most befitting message for our troubled times. Delivered to you through the messenger, Dr. Rima Adejola, eloquent and gifted, now brings to you in a form that's most spirit-filled as well as profoundly clear. Dr. Adejola, please. Behold, I come before you this morning wrapped in a robe of righteousness for our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, the one who warned us in the book of Matthew 24, a much preached message as to what things shall be, what would be signs of his coming and of the end of the world. In Jesus answered his disciple in some very short terms, he said, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You will hear of wars, you will hear of rumors of wars. Be not troubled by these things. He also said, Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, that there would be famines, there would be pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are but the beginning of sorrows, for there are many false prophets that will arise, and they will deceive many. And because iniquity, willful wrongdoing, shall abound upon the earth. God says, the love of many shall wax cold. Now, any living human being today would note that such is the time in which we are living right now. And no one that's honest within himself will say that this is not so. People have become so cold and lacking in caring for each other that we are suffering some of the highest of moralities, not just in one place, but around the world. We have potential powers in governments that are leading the flock of people beneath them in the continent of Africa, now split up into 54 different countries, not by God, but by man. The wickedness of man, intent on doing wrong things to others. Many of you that will listen to this type will be of the Afro-descendancy, now recognized as a diaspora. But I say to you today that God never left us without understanding. He never left us without preparation. We have many different lessons that will be coming forward. But today, I will dedicate myself to those that have an ear and are willing to hear. Jesus says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Now, there are periods that he described 
areas that he described and they are described as churches. God's holy angels repairing and announcing what those periods would be. They are known as churches. So let's look. God is saying here that for every church, every period of time that he is referring to, he ends up with he that hath an ear. So listen carefully to what I'm about to say to you this morning. God says he will return. We have all the signs. We have all of these things before us. Now, the first church was so wrapped up in good memories of Christ Jesus. So they refer to the first church as Ephesus. God said here that he knows that Ephesus labored. Ephesus had patience. They cannot bear anything that's wrong, evil. And they tried through apostles and no one was found to be lying people back then. They have led the church as best they could. But the Lord also says to that church, remember, therefore, from whence you are fallen. He knew that we would fall, every last one. Repent and do the first works that you were doing, or else I will come unto you quickly and remove your candlestick. Remember, Revelation talks about those candlesticks, or seven of them. And then that same God, he said to the people that there was another church to come. Smyrna was the name of that one. The warnings are always there and God is forever telling you of your good points before he tells you about that which is not acceptable to him. For he never intends to put us down, but to lift us up. To the church of Smyrna, he said, I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which they shall suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death. I will give you a crown of life. If you have an ear, he's saying to them, listen to what the angel of the church of the next one says, Pergamos. Of that church, he said, I also know your works, where you dwell, even where Satan's seat is. See, some of you don't want to believe that he's alive and well, but I am here to testify that he is. And he says, Hold as fast my name. You have not denied my faith. Even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwells. But I have some things that are against you, however, 
You hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things that were sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. Repent is the advice of the Lord. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Now we're into Thyatira, and he instructed John to write these things. Because we today, we need to study the Word of God instead of the nonsense that we're listening to. He says that they have charity in Thyatira. They have service. They still had faith. They had patience. And he said again, your works and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you because you suffer that woman Jezebel. And I tell you today, there is a spirit of Jezebel that's very active in this world. Many of us are good hosts for Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel. Jesus is saying here, that woman Jezebel calls herself a prophetess to teach, to educate my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things that were sacrificed unto idols. It gave space to repent of that fornication. Jezebel did not. I say, the Queen Jezebel is not who I'm speaking of. She is dead. But there's a spirit of Jezebel very much alive in these churches today. He said, I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation except they repent. But unto you, the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine which have not known the depths of wickedness of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden but that you repent. You already hold fast till I come. And he that overcomes, as he says to each church, keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Unto the angel of the church of Sardis, he's saying the good things of that church. I know your works. You have a name that you live. And you are dead. Be watchful. Strengthen the things which remain, for they are ready to die. I will come on you as a thief, and though you shall not know what hour that will be. You have a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. They shall walk with me in a white, for they are worthy. He, the ones that overcome, the same shall be clad in white raiment, 
and I will not blot their names out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before the angels. So he went to the sixth church, Philadelphia. We even have one of our cities in Pennsylvania with that name Philadelphia, which means brotherhood. If ever there were devilment things going on, Philadelphia is definitely involved with them because brotherhood does not seem to be a word that they remember very much in that vicinity. So what Christ has to say here to hold truth, hold true. He that opens and no man shuts and shuts and no man opens. It reminds me of the ark, Noah's ark. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door. No man can shut it, for you have a very little strength. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. However, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept the word of work of patience, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation, which will come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. I say we are entering at this point into what we are told is the church of Laodicea. Unto the angels of the church of Laodicea, the father says through his angel, through John the disciple, these things said the amen and faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Again, I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and know it's not that you are wretched, that you are miserable, you are poor, you are blind and naked. I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich and white raiment that you may be clothed and that the shame of your nakedness does not appear and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may be able to see. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. To him that overcomes, to him that lets the Lord in, to sup with him, God says, I also overcame and I am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let 
him here. Now, continuing with my message today on the seventh church of Lydia, a final letter to the churches of ancient Asia Minor. That Laodicean message from the Lord. He identifies himself as the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, and ruler of God's creation. These titles emphasize the Lord's faithfulness, sovereignty, and power to bring it to bring all things into their proper completion. In summary, we can look at the church of Laodicea as being apathetic in their love for Christ, that they would be in the future. The church was allowing deceitfulness of wealth and desires for other things than God. These things choke the word and make it unfruitful so much so that Christ continued to call for repentance, for us to live zealously for him, to choose for ourselves this day, not tomorrow, who you will serve. As Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, in our society today, and when I say society, I'm speaking globally, there is so much wickedness that is rampant around this world. And people are enjoying and dabbling in the wickedness. That which Christ called or referred to as abominations, different prophets, the same, today is relished as good. To be good in a world, the one that we're living in now, is the opposite. It's as if we switched sides. Wrongdoing is appreciated. Wrongdoing is uplifted. Wrongdoing is relished. And it's begun to permeate what people call churches. Church no longer means a holy place where I kneel in reverence and I pray. We even have people around the world that are saying that Jesus, Yeshua, is white and has blue eyes and everything that is shown or depicted of Messiah, our Messiah, the Christian Messiah, is shown as if he's of a race and he's not. And the area where he was born and brought up ministered to each and every one of us. Not one mention is meant, meant at all in the Bible of his being blue-eyed, blonde hair, long hair, nothing. We must think of him as sent of God, as he said, and being one with the Father and one with the Holy Spirit, he 
is holy and above this nonsense about color. His children are being mistreated. Babies are being murdered and given another name, abortion and trafficking and all sorts of loose living. Men forgetting who they are, women forgetting who they are, and indulging in all that God has called abomination. Now we have even the laws in their favor. To condemn anything that God says in his word is to incur lawsuits of every kind and a devilment such as we have never seen before. But God is not asleep because we have proof in the word and the one I'll give this morning is 1 John 4. On a broad note, John says, Know that the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ came in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit that should be recognized as anti-Christ. Some say antichrist. Wherefore, we have heard that it should come and even now is already in the world. You who say you are Christians of God, he says, little children, you can overcome them because greater is he, I will say, Jesus would say, greater am I in you than he that is in the world, the devil known as Lucifer. They are of the world, the ones that are coming after you with rottenness. Therefore, they speak of the world and the world hears them. Now, children of God, since we are of God, he that knows God will hear us. He that is not of God will not hear us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. God counsels us in that first John to love each other. Why? Because love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that does not love does not know God. For God is love. God sent his only begotten son into this world that we may live through him through his sacrifice when John says in John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave when we love we give some of us don't know how to give why Yeshua 
another name we use for Christ Jesus. The propitiation for our sin. He says love one another. And I ask today, why can't we love each other? If that love is perfected in us. You can answer that better than anybody else. But the word of God says that if he, our God, dwells in us, we have his spirit. And we must testify of him as savior of the world. Confess Jesus as a son and as savior. God is in him. And he said to us that he is in us in love. That means that God is in us when we accept and believe what he has said to us. Holy boldness necessary in the day of judgment. We're fast approaching that time and we must be like him. No fear exists in love. Perfect love casts fear out. And we must understand that fear has torment. These are spirits. He that fears everything and everybody and everywhere is not made perfect. So you cannot be of God. Unless you repent of that. 2 Timothy verse chapter 1 and you have verse 7. He says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. What did God give? That chapter tells us that verse. God gave us power. God gave us love. God gave us a sound mind. Sound minds are reasonable minds. Sound minds have wisdom. And they seek that mind. Seeks the wisdom of God over ours. And the classic example I give to you today is that even on the cross sacrificed for us, Jesus felt the human pangs, the pain of his death and crucifixion. Yet he could say to the Father, not my will, but yours. I try to do that even this day when I feel like doing something so severe. And sometimes you would have the most profound feeling that this is the thing to do. We need to yield it to God. Not my will, but thine. You that have an ear today, I want you to hear the holy calling according to his, God's purpose, God's grace given us in Christ Jesus, the world began. So Christ truly abolishes death and he will bring us to life at that given time. No man knows but the Father. Many are projecting things and preaching things 
that are not so. He that hath an ear. I want you to hear this morning that in these end times where we are being bombarded about a pandemic and about its causes and its effects and its defects and its ability to do hell on earth. Be not dismayed. Do not be shocked. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And when you wrap your life up in him, all these foolish things upon this earth will grow fairly dim, faint and faded away. Because your mind would be that of Stephen when they were stoning him to death. Stephen looked up and all he could see is the beauty of heaven. And when we open our mouths, we should be just as the singer says, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. We should be like those disciples on that boat. Master, the tempest is raging. Jesus' words were, Peace, be still. So this morning, I say to you, whatever the torment, the wicked one is executing in your life today, causing people to relish death, to relish suicide, to relish killing each other, to relish the things that God condemns, you have to remember Peace, be still. The Lord has never lied to us. He says concerning my word, command ye me. And God said, anything that proceeded out of his mouth, he does. He means what he says. And he says, what he means and for any of us to carry this message to anyone today we have to stand like a brave with her face to the foe not to look down on God's children who err because they don't know him they are to see us walking the walk as well as talking the talk and we always want to bid them come. Just as the sermons I imagine that Noah must have preached for all those plus hundred years. That there'll be a flood from Methuselah's time. Folk ignored it. But when the door of the ark was shut, it was not man's hand that shut it. It was not man's word that led sevens for the clean animals and twos for those that were not. And when it finally opened after the flood, it was not opened by Noah or his family. 
it was God himself. I pray for you this day that God will open your heart to see spiritually. Stop depending on the external look. Stop depending on your emotions. Stop depending on your intellect only. For God is interested in your spirit, your soul. With that is wrapped up your intelligence. Be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove, says the word of God. I bid you adios. Goodbye for now until my next lesson. And I say for you again today, Master, the tempest is raging. The billows are tossing high. But Master says, in your home, in your walk, in your torment, in your confusion today, peace be unto you. Peace, peace, be still. <laughs>